Kraken Fancast, presented by Silver City Brewery. The podcast for Seattle Kraken fans, by Seattle Kraken fans. Release the Kraken! Hi everyone, and welcome to episode number 26 of Kraken Fancast, brought to you by Silver City Brewery. I'm your host, Chris Porter. I'll be joined momentarily by my colleagues Jim Cockrell and Nathan Gunderson for some off-season talk about our own Seattle Kraken. A lot has happened since our previous episode, including the NHL draft. Kraken got a lot of good picks, it seems, and we'll have a lot to talk about there. Uh, Plus, there have been some uh, free agency action, some particularly interesting there. Uh, So we've got some stuff to talk about on that. Obviously, there'll be more to come, but uh, some guys to talk about for sure. And uh, there's also been a development camp, as they call it that's been happening. And uh, what that means is it's been a a little mini camp for our draftees and other young prospects. So uh, Jim and I uh, got to witness some of that. And uh, so we'll get to talk about our experience with that and uh, what we saw. Also, there is some interesting coaching news for the team as well. So we'll chat about that. All right. Well, Kraken FanCast, of course, releases episodes uh, from time to time, usually approximately every two weeks during the season. Over the offseason, we'll check in sporadically as team happenings come up. On our program, we, of course, uh, discuss all subject matter about the National Hockey League's Seattle Kraken. We share news about the team, analyze their play, and go over various team-related news. We'll also, at times, present some interviews with people involved with the team, as well as those in the fan community. Uh, Plus, we always aim to go through some different subject matter you might not hear on other Kraken-related podcasts. I'd like to start things off by acknowledging our very kind and generous sponsors for our our inaugural season and part of the off-season as well, Uh, particularly our presenting sponsor, Silver City Brewery located in Bremerton, with their beer sold throughout the state of Washington and beyond. Beer for one, beer for all. Silver City is an all-inclusive Northwest craft beer adventure in every pint. Also, big thanks to the Angry Beaver, Seattle's number one hockey theme bar located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. All right, boys. Lots to riff on here, fellas. Lots to go over. I'll start off briefly on some coaching news. Uh, there, as we know, uh, we talked about long ago, they uh, let go of their goalie coach. And uh, they, so that means they got a new one, a guy named Steve Briere, uh, was a protege of uh, respected goalie coach, Mitch Korn. Uh, he had experiences in all levels of hockey, including most notably seven seasons with Toronto uh, and guiding uh, two all-star goalies, Frederick Anderson and Jack Campbell. Uh, has a great pedigree. Uh, Jack Campbell thinks the world of this guy. Uh, obviously, uh, Breer had some connection with Hackstall since uh, they both worked in Toronto. Uh, Breer was also a player for a while. He played for the Cincinnati Cyclones of ECHL, uh, sort of a Predators uh, prospect. And, uh, you know, he's got, he's got some nice experience. So hopefully he can help us with our... Uh, well, goalie challenges, I guess we could say. Things were a little tough for a season. Uh, hopefully, Steve can uh, help right the ship there. Um, and we do need a little writing in the ship since we're down a goalie, but we picked up some in free agency. We'll get to that in a little bit. So anyway, welcome, Steve Breer, to Seattle. Also, welcome to Seattle, or rather Coachella Valley, exact to be exact, 
Uh, the Coachella Valley Firebirds, who are going to be playing their inaugural season uh, relatively soon, they hired Jessica Campbell, who is the first female assistant coach in AHL history. Um, quite, quite, quite a momentous occasion. Jessica, though, is hardly just a you know assigning just to hire a lady. She has got a lot of great experience. Um, she, um, well, first off, she'll be wor uh, working underneath Dan Bilesma, who uh, I think we just very briefly mentioned, but I, I want to underline here, he's going to be the head coach of the Coachella Valley Firebirds. Not a huge uh, surprise since he was uh, assistant coach over in Charlotte. Dan uh, was a uh, coach for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins for a number of years, uh, has a great pedigree. And so Campbell will be uh, working underneath him. He, she's uh, right now a coach for the uh, Rangers development camp this summer, but then she'll be switching over to, uh, to Coachella Valley. Um, she's uh, from Saskatchewan. Uh, she played in two under 18 world junior championships, she was captain of her team back in 2010. Uh, she also played five games for the uh, ice, uh, the IHF ice hockey women's world championship for Canada. Uh, she also played some pro hockey for the Calgary Inferno, the Canadian Women's Hockey League. Uh, so a lot of playing experience and some coaching experience as well. Uh, assistant coach for Germany uh, for the Men's World Championship. So this is not the first time she's working with men. Uh, she was the first woman to join the coaching staff of a national team participating in a world championship. So Jessica's got a lot of firsts here. Uh, she also worked with the uh, Tri-City Storm, the USHL. Um, and, um, yeah, just, uh, interesting background here and we welcome her to the Kraken family. Fellas, any comments or thoughts about either of those hirings? Uh, I'm refreshed about everything. I, I'm, I think the goaltending coach situation was a must. Um, you know, anything was due change after, uh, the slight debacle we saw last year. So as far as I'm concerned, uh, that's a good move. You might as well go for it. And then Jessica, I was reading about that quite a bit. She has a good um, resume. I like her international experience. Uh, I think that's what got her noticed, particularly later in her career there. Um, I actually have been watching some past video of her recently. Um, and I've also watched some of her coaching clinic stuff. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, she, she has a lot of nice edge work technique that she focuses on. Uh, that's a, a lot of women that are in coaching do a lot of that edge work and skating and power skating and such. And she's, she's a great skater. She's got great wheels. Um, and sh she can advise great tips to all these guys, uh, short little, you know, secrets and everything to do on the ice in, in gameplay situations. So uh, I, I, I'm happy with both of them. I think it's cool that she's the first woman in AHL assistant coach ever. I think it'll look good down in Coachella and it'll look good, great for the rest of all of North American and international hockey for the future and for women to get uh, jobs in the NHL, hopefully. So I'm pleased with that, all of it. It's about time. Yeah, and Seattle's a, certainly a forward thinking or a very open minded organization. Uh, and uh, uh, I'm not surprised they, they, they did that. So it's great. Yeah, and, and, and it seems like uh, she knows what she's doing. That's, that's what all I care about. And that's, that's great to see. So. Uh, psych, psych to have her on the team. We'll get to get to see the uh, Coachella Valley Firebirds, as we've mentioned before. They're going to have to play a few uh, games uh, up here in the Seattle area first. So I'm so psyched. I'm super psyched for the Kraken season, but uh, very intrigued on uh, seeing a few games in the Firebirds uh, 
for sure. So that is coming up. So there you go. So there's the coaching news, fellas. Uh, now uh, to get to the one thing that's very newsworthy as well, the NHL draft happened. We were uh, talking about little previews, uh, wondering who would get picked. Um, what are you going to say? I mean, we had a nice, nice surprise in the first round. These things happen, you know, in, in all the sports. Sometimes whoever you think is going to go in the first couple of rounds, for whatever reason, they don't fit with the plans of a certain team or there was some issue, who knows what. But uh, they end up dropping down. And it's so nice when they just fall in the lap of your team here. Uh, I'm speaking of uh, what I'm alluding to here is uh, our number one draft choice, uh, Mr. Shane Wright, who played with the Kingston Frontenacs of the Ontario Hockey League, a uh, huge star. Many thought he was going to be the number one pick, or if not number one, since Montreal may have wanted to go for a European player or, or some, some other position, maybe go number two. Not number four, but he did. And uh, how could uh, Ron Francis and the Kraken not pick this kid? 18-year-old. Uh, uh, um, start for Canada in the uh, World Championships in 2021, big star in the OHL. Uh, you know, all, all of us have seen some video of him, really excited. And, uh, and, and Jim and I uh, just recently got to see him during the development camp, which we'll talk about in a sec. So I'm just going to go quickly through the draft uh, picks and, and you fellas, uh, please jump in. So anyway, Shane Wright, super psyched uh, to, to have him um, as the first one. He's a center, by the way. Um, then a little later on in the second round, also another one that uh, people are excited about, I'm excited about, Jagger Furkus. hope I'm pronouncing that right, uh, right wing, Moose Jaw Warriors of the Ontario League, um, great prospect, uh, quick kid, um, we'll talk a little more about him, but uh, he, he's, he's, he's a well thought of player, so he came out in the second round there. Uh, then uh, he was he was the uh, actually we had a number of picks on that second round. He was pick number thirty five, uh, pick number forty nine that they got from Nashville. We got uh, Yanni Nyman, right winger uh, from Finland, uh, six foot three, two hundred fifteen pounder. He's a big kid and uh, can do some damage out there on the ice. So uh, psyched to have him. Uh, then they also had pick number 58 from Toronto, and we got uh, goalie. We need some need some goalie uh, goalie prospects for sure uh, in this team. And uh, Nicholas Coco, Coco, I guess is uh, how it's pronounced. Uh, goalie uh, from Tapata, Finland. Hoping good things from him. Number 61 pick was David Goyette who uh, came from the Sudbury Wolves of the Ontario Hockey League. Some uh, good shooting videos of him uh, up here on uh, Twitter. Um, third rounder, and this kid Jim and I are really psyched about. We saw some really cool things that we'll talk about uh, also in a sec, but a guy named Ty Nelson, defenseman. Uh, nice to see them concentrate on some offense. His team needs some offense, uh, but of course, needs some defensemen here, of course, and uh, Ty's shown some great stuff. He played for the uh, North Bay Battalion of the Ontario Hockey League. So we're really uh, taking all these Ontario kids all over the place. He uh, went in the third round, pick number 68. A little further down, number uh, pick number 91, Ben McDonald, who's a Massachusetts kid. Uh, I, you know, I love my mass boys, New Englanders. Uh, he, he plays for uh, high school Noble and Greeno. 
Greenow uh, for um, uh, prep school. So he's very young. He's going to need some seasoning, but he's shown some uh, some uh, promising potential. Getting on down to the fourth round, the 100th pick, Tyson Jugnoth, defenseman from West Kelowna from the British Columbia Hockey League. Uh, number 123, uh, which we got from Calgary, uh, Tucker Robertson, center from Peterborough. Peterborough Peets from the Ontario Hockey League, a very storied uh, junior hockey team. So many uh, great NHLers have come from that team. And uh, will Tucker be among them? We'll see. He's a 41-goal scorer, so that sure bodes well. So uh, that's our fifth round. Then moving over to the sixth round, the 164th pick, uh, Barrett Hall, center from Gentry Academy, Minnesota high school kid. Um, then uh, finishing it all off, seventh rounder, 196th pick, Kyle Jackson, uh, center, also uh, another North Bay Battalion player from the OHL. And um, Kyle Jackson, he scored 30 goals, certainly a very, very respectable numbers from him. So that's who we got. We saw uh, those guys playing at the development camp, uh, which we didn't get to see last year. Well, because uh, the Kraken were brand new, but the development camp sort of a pre-camp. Uh, I mean, the camp for the whole team is going to start, uh, you know, probably sometime in September. But this was a great way to uh, see and uh, you know, for the team to figure out who they want to sign or want to keep in junior hockey league or what happens. But some great prospects, some of whom could make a uh, mark with the Kraken right away some a year or two down the way, and some we'll never see again. We'll see. But uh, we saw a lot of great action. Uh, Jim and I went to, they had a number of days for the development camp. So I guess we went on day two, I think, Jim. And um, uh, a lot of great play. It was awesome. All eyes were on Maddie Beneers, of course. We already know Maddie's great. So we don't have to talk about, for change, we don't have to talk about Maddie too much like we had to last season. But I uh, uh, saw Shane and some other guys and, um it was a lot of fun and uh, it was packed, you know, it was like, you know, I very few seats left. There are a lot of fans all psyched for hockey already. And we're only uh, in the middle of July. So, uh, but we saw some good play there, Jim. Eh? Oh man, that was so fun. Uh, way better than I anticipated. I want to back up to the draft for a bit. So I've watched uh, NHL entry drafts, amateur entry drafts going back to the late eighties and there's been some good, exciting moments. There's been some duds. Uh, and this one, man, you know, we've got a vested interest, obviously, for the second time now. The first one last year, but that was different. That was a COVID draft. All the, all the uh, players were at their home with their families, you know. This was bringing it back to the, you know, Montreal in the forum. Big deal, uh, just like it's supposed to be. So it had that great vibe, like, for so many years. So having the vested interest with a team there and seeing what went down to our liking and our favor with the, the drop of four and Shane Wright, the whole first four picks was just crazy for us to witness. And I got to thinking, you know, this is the way this is going off and the fan, fan reaction and the media reaction as it was happening was so much uh, bigger than just on our local level for us that that's how big it was. It was a, just a, a big time draft with all kinds of crazy stuff going on. So the whole, the whole world felt that one, you know, no, no bias stuff there. No, no Homer situation. 
it was just crazy. You know, we can break down that draft of how the, how the picks went in the top four. I've gone over it a bunch of times and um, only, uh, only pick three is the only real questionable one in my head. We all heard the rumors that Montreal was probably going to maybe do something different. We weren't sure that, uh, you know, looking for a power forward that had a great international late season, impressive scouts. Same with uh, uh, then once that happened, the whole dynamics changed to a positional draft rather than best player available. And that's why, you know, NJ went for um, Nemec, which, you know, everybody was thinking we were going to get in draft position. Uh, and, but the, obviously the surprise pick, as you know, was Cooley. Uh, everybody seems to either question that one or not have an answer. But, you know, I listened to some of the radio programs on the NHL radio this week, and they were interviewing the, the Arizona folks down there in the scouting and everything. And they, they just said he fits into their system better straight up, you know, on the, on the line combinations, the speed, whatever. So that's fine. You do what you do, but man, when it came available, like I said, since the pick, it took about 48 hours for it to sink in with me that, Hey man, we got Shane, right. And as every hour went on, I kept thinking, this is so great. This is so much better than, what could have happened? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and that's kind of the general thought of everybody. And, you know, ever since he arrived here and got to camp and all that stuff and all the interviews, man, the kid is just so energetic and poised and just wants to do well. And he's just right on, man. And so this draft was huge on an international level, not just us being involved for a second draft. And by the way, our, our whole second draft year, just blows the doors off the first draft year. You know, we got Maddie and everything, and that was cool. But this, just the excitement attached to it and what went down made it crazy. Yeah, no, it was it was a totally different world. That's why I said last year, okay, obviously it was a draft, but for, and for all the reasons you just said, it was a little weird, a little off. Obviously, we were psyched with Maddie. Yeah. But then, you know, and I'm 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 pulling for Riker Evans, but there was like controversy on that. And then in the later rounds, people are like, and I, I you know, like whatever. And I think a lot of you know, a lot of this is new to Seattle fans. So there wasn't that, not that hype and then not that level, as you just said, because the number of rounds, I mean, we right. talk about each guy in a second, like Ty Nelson down in the third round, I'm excited about, you know, right. and, and other guys it's, it was, it was, there was, um, there was a lot more excitement. I think everybody understood what this is, what it can mean. And then starting off with Shane, right, right off the bat, geez. That's crazy. Um, that's that that's that's crazy. We could see that guy in a Kraken uniform uh, sooner than later. I'm kind of refreshed to know that we didn't pick all defensemen. You know, kind of got some power forwards and stuff like that. I there, we talked before about different aspects of the coaching and what what we've seen, what needs to improve, what we'd like to see change. But I think forwards is one of the biggest ones for me that, and you know, having that new goaltending coach, I'm hoping that'll really help us. This is going to be good. I think that if we can just wrap everything into one, instead of having, it seemed like everything was in its own piece, but none of the pieces really just came together, you know, nothing, nothing made a whole. And that was frustrating for everybody, you know, just all the fans, the players, everybody, but uh, yeah, these draft picks, I'm still doing research on some of these guys, but uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. And I think we lucked out. Uh, we earned some of them picks. I mean, yeah, we, we, we made some trades for picks and whatnot, 
and we just picked really smart. Yeah, it, it, it's, um, I mean, some of these guys, like I said, we might not see again, but, you know, we, a lot of them will end up in, it, well, probably will play a little, another year or so in, in junior league, but uh, we're going to get to see them at Coachella. Also, we have to remember they have an affiliate in Allen, Texas, so Allen Americans and for the ECHL, so the lower level could end up there too. But um, we, we, as long as everybody stays healthy, you know, this, this, this could really bode well for later this year. And obviously it's in the future. Plus of course, the Kraken are in really great shape cap wise, as far as signings and aid free agencies, they've done some signings for some free agents, which we'll talk in a little bit about, but um, these guys, well, let, let's, let's talk a little bit, Jim, what you and I saw uh, at the development camp. I think you and I are on the same page. You know, there were certain guys, I mean, they all look fine, but I mean, there were certain guys that really stood out. I'd say probably a half dozen, right? Right. Correct. Um, so first of all, I didn't know it would be a three-on-three format the whole time. You know, 31 players were invited to camp, probably had a lot to do with it, actually. Uh, so split them up into three squads, and there were three tenders. Uh, the tenders were out on the ice working with the goaltending coach right away for the first 15 minutes. That was kind of cool. Maybe even 20 uh, doing some drills. That was cool. Um, and then they came out, you know, they had three, three units built white, the ocean dark blue, and then the kind of aquish blue and you know, all the unis that they were using. So it was like team light blue, yeah. team black, dark blue and team white. Right. And, uh, you know, so there was like 26 players, I believe, uh, or 27, actually, in the three goaltenders, whatever. Um, and it was just a round robin tourney, you know, white plays uh, dark, dark plays blue, so on and so forth. Uh, and I didn't know it'd be a three on three tournament, but I was excited about that. You know, they want basically they've had two days at camp, you know, 45 to an hour minute sessions of working on basic, basic drills, ice movement, puck movement, uh, edge work, all kinds of stuff just to get a feel it's more about getting tuned into the the culture and the the area and everything else and just skating in between but today was a scrimmage and that's why i decided to go because i knew that'd be the best event and it was great man um they were 10 minute uh periods 10 minute runtime uh and it was really designed to show your flash so guys were just showing their skills on big open ice which is cool because you know even a defensive leaning player you think, oh gosh, he's at a little disadvantage because he's a defensive player. But when you got big ice, three on three, you know, you can quarterback a play, you can go for long outlet passes, so on and so forth. So they're looking at all that. They're not really breaking down the D. The only D they're breaking down is the body to body, one on one looks. Um, right away, right out of the box, you know, everybody's focusing on Shane. The face off first, first period, first game was uh, Shane and Beneers, uh, you know, Maddie and Shane. And that was pretty cool for a photo op. Everybody gets their camera out. Um, playing right against at, each other. Yeah, yeah, playing yeah. against each other. And, um, you know, so it took a little while to dial in and look at numbers and the guys and figure out who's who. I had a roster in my hand with predetermined notes and everything. Um, but if yeah, I got that out. photo on, on our Facebook page, by the way, <laughs> Professor Cockrell there with all oh, the notes. I loved it. Whatever. <laughs> um, it was run real well. Um, it kept, it kept you uh, interested for sure. And I, a couple things of note, there, there was about a half dozen players that were sticking out to me. And obviously Maddie goes without saying, he was just top level. The guy is just. He, he looked like another level 
kind of everybody there he was it was almost like you know having Everly or somebody there playing with the kids but it was but it was weird because it's almost like you don't expect it to be like that but it was yeah um so that goes without saying now Jagger Fergus is getting a lot of a lot of hype and rightfully so this guy's got some tricks he's got some fancy fancy dangle moves and he was showing them today Saw some great stick work, man. Some oh. fake out stuff. There was some nice stick work from that kid. He did a one-on-one in tight on the tender where he was close pushed by the defenseman. And he was doing, he decided to do a behind the back pass to himself. And then he, he, he fumbled it just a little bit and said, like, screw it. This one's going between my legs now. So he like did a double move in no time with body on him and got the shot off. It's like, what the heck? So I was totally impressed with that. And he had things going on all night. He was involved heavily. Um, he's got good wheels. He's got good vision. You know, the only thing about him that everybody's saying, he's 5'10", but he's 155. I don't know how much he can bulk up. But you know, Gary Roberts and crew and the local, are going to be all over him in the, in the uh, nutrition and, and lifting stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. Can't tell you where he's going to be. He, there's a good chance he's going to go back to a moose jaw, I would say, and then maybe sign next year maybe and then we'll see what happens there a guy that surprised me today was uh tucker robertson so um if you want you can bring up the numbers on his uh bio on him chris but i was he was sticking out big time today he he was uh he had a lot of finished plays he had a lot of nifty stuff going on good two-way play he just seemed to be involved in a lot of the play. And that was one guy I wasn't expecting to be talking about. The guy that stood out in my head more than anybody today, uh, straight up, was Ty Nelson. That guy, you know, defenseman, puck moving D, can play D, solid 200-pound guy, short, thick. He's got incredible uh, leg strength, incredible uh, low center of gravity, but he can skate beautifully. Um, this guy might be a surprise big time because he was projected potential late round first and we got him. What was it, Chris? Or, or... He, he was round three. The first, first one yes. for the round three, some number 68. Correct. So that's a total bonus. If, if my eye test is working out right now, plus I've heard nothing but good things leading up to this, uh, in the last two days. So I was completely impressed with that guy. Plus he's got a character that won't quit. Holy, speaking of character, you gotta go on Hockey DB and see the dude's uh, photo. I know his, his little like clump yeah. of yellow hair there. Whatever, we don't see that with the helmets and everything. Man, he's got a, he's got an interesting style. I'll give him that. But yeah, yeah with North Bay, I mean, uh, defensive was not like goals and everything. But I mean, he is plus minus was plus twenty four. Uh, yeah, you know, and uh, granted, he's a good solid team there, but forty two assists. And I agree with you. He did. He was like one of those half dozen that stuck out. Just jumping back about Tucker. Now, Tucker was way further. He was 123rd pick. But man, Peterborough, talking about going from, you know, his first year to the second year, 41 goals and 40 assists. Yeah. I'm- uh, man, you know, and Peterborough wasn't a great team. I don't think they say he had a minus 12 on the plus minus. And that kind of tells this whole team, though, not just him, but, but the amount of goals. Yeah, uh, and he and he was you know further down there. He's 19, so yeah, they may put him back down a junior, but maybe just a year. He'd, he'd be ready for AHL at least uh, relatively soon. Yeah, he was, uh, and I think I heard a couple other people in the crowd mumbling about him too. It's same scenario. Nobody was really expecting that. 
uh, Goyette, David Goyette was a nice uh, all around. He had a good solid play. Uh, he, he had some finish. He had some good D work. He had some great reads. I, I was pretty impressed with his all around game. And he is projected to be a pretty solid pick at uh, second round 61 overall. Um, it's funny because I wrote down all the rankings from all the scouting agencies and the ranges were huge on all these guys. And if you take the low range and the high range on our entire draft per player, we did really well on place and slot where we were able to get those guys. So that's huge scouting bonus points there. Yeah, I didn't see a lot of the pundits uh, reviews, but what I did, most people were impressed with what the Kraken got. Well, and plus they got an uh, an, a, an A overall in all grading that I've heard so far. Yeah, that's what oh, I, but I just I only yeah. saw like a couple. I haven't really dove in much on that, but what I saw was, yeah, A's, A minuses, yeah. yeah. A couple more notes about today. Um, another player that really stood out from the get-go to me was Odevinen. Uh, the defenseman, the big, tall, the defenseman we drafted last year. Um, that guy, for a large man, skates really nice, really smooth, really fluid, gets a couple strides up, and his coasting speed is nice. Uh, he's, I think he could be potentially on this club in a couple of years. If not, he might just go right to, you know, well, he will be in, in Coachella next year for sure, or this upcoming I was impressed with him. Now, as far as Shane goes, I was obviously ISO in on Shane quite a bit. I mean, I really wanted to. Um, great skater, great IQ, um, excellent. Always looking for that outlet, outlet pass to free himself up to get to a spot, always. And their little flip, little backhand, little whatever, he's doing it. The one thing I noticed about him a little tonight, he looked, he looked a little bit, I don't want to say nervous, just a little bit things weren't clicking 100%. And I was just, I was watching his feet a lot tonight uh, or today. And he may have had some, some skate tuning issues going on. I, I want to say, because he was in tight a lot and he was, I've noticed this the last couple of days at camp. He's, he's kind of gone down a little bit easy uh, when he gets a body on him close to the net. So that's telling me there might be some skate issues going all these guys, when they show up to camp, every one of them is stepping into a brand new boot. They're not shipping their boots in their bag on the plane to camp. It's just the way it is. So there's some two, there could be some tune issues going on there. Uh, but he's still a good, it wasn't like that, oh, but I mean, there were totally. little things. There's a lot of pressure on it. Everybody's looking, oh. all eyes are on him. No, like I all it. eyes are in him after the whole practice. Uh, you know, it's like here, let's well, let's put on a little show, sign the contract, yeah, in uni on the ice in front of the whole fans. I haven't seen that before. And then go throw a fish. And they go throw the fish. You sign and throw the fish out in the crowd. There well, you but, go. Get getting the whole uh, crack and the yeah, uh, you know vibe right now. No, I thought he looked good. I just was noticing a couple little things on his finish was a little off and everything. I just, but still, he's great. He's gonna be great. He's 18 for crying out loud. Uh, he's one of the highest touted. Yeah, I don't be so tough on him, coach. Well, I mean, you know, he's <laughs> he's one of the he's the exceptional status Canadian player, one of six. He is, so. and he is. I think all you guys have seen. I think you you both tweet, you know, posted this. Uh, you know how psyched he is to be in Seattle. How about him, you know, going to a Mariners game with Maddie and all these other little things and his interviews and stuff. He talking about saying the right things. I mean, he's just. He just seems so thrilled to be in Seattle, so thrilled to be part of this organization. He's 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 getting the the bond with the others already. With like in the first three days, he's he's got to be tired. I mean, he hasn't had a dull moment since draft. You know, 
leading up to the draft, I'm sure he was sleepless, you know, wondering where am I going? I hope it's Seattle. I know that's exactly what he was thinking. I hope it's Seattle, you know, but ever since he landed, it's been constantly just PR, go here, smile for this, sign this, give this guy five minutes of your time, drink this and be seen drinking a Starbucks coffee. And, you know, it's just, it's, there's a lot to it. It's not just all sunshine and puppies and, you know, and then he actually has to do, do his job. And, you know, he's probably working on five, six hours of sleep when he's sitting there reading book and, and watching tape and doing all this other stuff, learning his players or his teammates. I don't envy that guy one bit, but congrats to him. And I'm excited to see him. Absolutely. Uh, there were a number of invitees. They weren't draft choices, but uh, they were invited to, uh, uh, play in the development camp. Uh, I totally agree with everybody you mentioned uh, earlier, J Jim, but I wanted to give a, uh, oh, I don't know, I guess a, a, a sort of honorable mention to a guy, uh, I hope I'm uh, pronouncing his name right, uh, Max Andreev or Andreev uh, from Moscow. He plays for Cornell, so he's, uh, you know, a college hockey player, UCAC uh, college hockey player um, uh, center. Not a ton of his stats I look on at Cornell. Not not a ton, he's more of an assist guy than than a goal goal scorer, but uh, I thought he showed some nice interesting moves and and good strong play there too. So again, maybe a guy who after he gets out of college maybe he'll end up in at Allen or something or even Coachella just as a tryout. But they had some guys who try out and maybe now and then we were like, oh that guy looks okay. There was. I forget them. One of the goalies, Jim. There was another, not Coco. There was another guy there. There was an invitee. I thought it was showed some stuff, good stuff. Yeah, I'm. That's. I'm glad you brought that up because we did mention that together. That I was impressed. There was about seven invitees, and I was impressed with all of them. Frankly, I mean, they made the competition good. Even Shane said that. He said it's just all top class level right here. You know, and they're from all over. A lot of uh, British Columbia Junior League boys were there. Uh, a lot of, uh, by the way, of our draftees, I forget to mention too, that we have three that are going to be college committed. So there is that, uh, that's no big deal, but that's a two year out program, no matter what, if they even get a contract, but yeah, man, th those guys were good. And the goalies, like you said, they were, they were making some outstanding, difficult saves today on some really snappy two on one quick stuff, you know, from good players. So you know, they were fine. And Nicholas uh, Coco, the, our draft, uh, by, by the way, they, a lot of the experts, that caught a lot of people off guard because he was ranked much lower than that as far as European goalies. So the Kraken must have seen something in him to grab him 58 second round. Kind of surprised a lot of people. But you know what? He looked great today. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was great. Um, and it gets, what's my appetite? And I think all of our appetites for, uh, training camp, which, uh, really in the grand scheme of things is just a few weeks away. Right. You know, so, yeah. And, uh, the Kraken are great about, uh, at the Kraken, uh, community iceplex, uh, allowing fans to watch a lot of the, uh, practicing and the scrimmages and, and it, it's really great. It's really fun. And, uh, already, uh, makes me look forward to, uh, to the season and everything. Here we go again, but we've got a team, we've got a team that's already has, uh, some uh, some experience together, some new guys with they're bringing extra excitement into the team. The you know Ron Francis, Dave Haxtall, everybody, all the coaching staff have learned a lot. The scouts have learned a lot since 
since starting this team. So um, we should see a better team, one would think, uh, next year. But it's really exciting for sure. Speaking of excitement, we have a, a little bit more uh, coming up as far that came up rather. I'm sure more will come up, but uh, some free agent signings. Uh, Andre Burakovsky, uh, most recently with the Colorado Avalanche, very solid left wing. I was very happy to see that signing. Uh, Justin Schultz, uh, who's uh, most recently played for the Washington Capitals, free agent defenseman. Uh, they got him. Uh, I should I'll back up a little bit and talk about Andre. He got a five year, twenty seven point five million dollar deal. Schultz down for two years for a six million dollar deal. Um, so uh, they're hoping that these guys uh, can bolster the crack and power play, which was among the league's worst last year. Uh, also, because Chris Drieger, no doubt, because Chris Drieger is going is is hurt and going to be out for who knows how long, at least half the season, maybe maybe longer. Uh, they signed a Philadelphia Flyers goalie, or most recently with the Flyers. I remember him also as a shark. He's kind of bounced around the league a little bit. Martin Jones, they've got him for a one-year, $2 million deal to serve as Philip Grubauer's backup. Um, and um, and then a, a whole slew, of that, that's all I thought we were going to talk about when I, when I first got <laughs> getting ready for this uh, episode but then there was a slew late in the day of all these other guys and let me get to the list here I, hopefully i'm not gonna forget anybody here uh they've got uh austin poganski uh who was with the um from st cloud minnesota they got him a one year uh 750k deal he's a forward uh, was with winnipeg uh andrew oh, excuse me andrew uh per Poturalski, Poturalski, uh, from the USA player from New York uh, with Carolina. Um, he's getting 762500 uh, for his signing. Um, they also uh, signed, and you kind of, I think you mentioned this earlier, Jim, Jacob Melanson and Ryan Winterton, uh, who are draft choices. They've been more officially signed, so we'll see them in the minor leagues soon. Uh, we talked about Justin Schultz. We talked about Martin Jones, uh, Burakovsky. Oh, yes, Magnus Helberg, uh, who was back up over in uh, Detroit. So it's another goaltender, one-year deal at uh, 750K. And Brogan Rafferty, uh, who was with the Anaheim organization, most of the, I think most of, if not the whole season, he played with the San Diego Gulls of the AHL. Uh, he also was a Vancouver Canuck for a short time. Uh, they just signed him to a one-year deal for 750k. Uh, I had no doubt there'll be some more, but that's who we've got so far, fellas. Uh, thoughts on all of that? You uh, you missed, uh, but I I had several written down. You named off the notables that I knew of at the time. Yeah, I missed uh, but there's a, a Jesper Froden for oh, Boston yes. right wing. I don't know what uh, he signed for. Uh, do we know? I'll look, I'll look for it while you talk about it. Let me see here. Yeah, I think I, that's right. I was going to say there was somebody, right, but he wasn't on this list. That's why a lot of this is happening uh, quickly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I wrote down some. Just before it. Okay. I got him uh, one year, 750K. Okay. From Stockholm, okay. Sweden. Yeah. Is this fact he uh, split the 21 uh, 22 season 
uh, between the Bruins and the Providence Bruins. I think most of the year was with Providence. Uh, though he scored, uh, scored one goal in seven games at Boston, uh, 34 points uh, he had in Providence. So we saw a solid time in the AHL. He also had some, uh, some good seasons with the Swedish Hockey League prior to that. I do have some other players from around the league that are kind of my hopefuls. Uh, I'm kind of curious as to what hopefuls you guys might have who are left. I don't know much cap room we have left, but Jim, do you have any idea who you might want? We have, uh, this is kind of strange. We have 10 six on the books right now, but I noticed they didn't have Schultz contract in there. So I'm a little weirded out about that. I'd like to see them figured out. So how much, how much money now you asked me who I think I'd want if I had to do it some more basically. Yeah. Um, who I would love, who I wish they would have got right up front, concentrated heavily on, but I have a feeling the whole entire league is concentrating on, is Andre Pallott. Um, But I think he's going to demand a huge, much greater value than in, he's worth. Well, I don't want to say worth, but that's just the way FAs work when they're in the upper echelon, is they all get overpaid. So I don't think that can happen. we got a 10-6 cap. You know, you're almost at that perfect buffer space right now. I don't know if you want to push that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you want to hold right here and think about trades outside down the road a little bit. Like, like honestly, I was looking at the roster right now as it sits. And I, <laughs> I sat there and I said, you know what? It's kind of a log jam all of a sudden. And if I could somehow work a deal to get rid of two contracts and a total loss, I would do it. And I would somehow try to get rid of Donskoy and Wenberg just to free up spots. I would do it. Okay. But that's me. Um, some people like bringing that cap up within the three, four million mark. I, I think Ronnie, just from watching him work last year and right now, I don't think he likes pushing that thing. I think he likes kind of hanging with a, a buffer or like 10 ish, you know, but if he can't, maybe they can do a trade situation here, whether it's a taking a loss and eating up a little contract um, and maybe get some more draft picks or something. I don't know. That's yeah. just all I got, but I want to hear who else you got. Uh, well, the number one on my list uh, that I had to scratch off this afternoon was a uh, Gaudreau from the flames. He just signed a seven year, $68 million with the blue jackets. Uh, that was what the you know, hell. Yeah. I mean, who, who, who needs who that goes that to money, Columbus right? for that? Anyway. Hey, go enjoy that cannon buddy. Yeah. 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 Um, another flame, uh, Kachuk, um, oof, last, last year. I know, I know, uh, that no, I love might that. be a little I, expensive no. to pay for his hundred, 104 points he got last season. No, no. Uh, I mean, plus 10 right. points in the playoffs. Yeah. If you're going to uh, blow your wall, do it on him. What was Kachuk's deal? <laughs> What's that? Uh, he's not picked yet. He's not picked yet. Okay. Yeah, he's he's still free. Uh, at least he was two hours ago. Uh, another one that um, I know kind of uh, made made Jim laugh was uh, Bergeron from the Bruins. He said, "Nope, he, he's signing another year, but that's still just talk. He hasn't actually signed on the dotted line." So I'm still keeping him on my list just in case. Who knows? 
Easily the most uh, mind blowing signing of Seattle. Got my, I would, I would faint, but you never know. I know, I know. These are all big names, and I kind of went big on this just for the hell of it. Uh, one more, Nino Niederreiter. Ooh, okay. Seventy five points last season. Um, a pretty good. Uh, but in twelve years, he's looking for his fourth home. Um, I don't foresee it needing to be a very big expensive contract maybe just another two years and say whatever happens happens i don't know but uh you know it wouldn't be a bad idea to have him here he's he's good i mean he he's he's what 30 31 he's yeah there's something about having veterans is you know because in a way they can be other sort of pseudo coaches a little bit i think that's what giordano was kind of supposed to be although he was he was forced to be a crack and uh this you know any of these free agents they'd be signing because they want to and the money's good so uh that's an interesting point uh nathan i i could that's not an outlandish idea to me yeah yeah that's that's what i got and i'm sticking to it yeah uh, i mean you know there could be some other guys i think uh i suspect they're gonna they're gonna sign some more but um probably not as well-known kind of guys, but just one of those sort of, well, kind of like Ryan Donato. Let's talk about our biggest disappointment, them not signing Ryan Donato. He could come back though. It's, he uh, could. That was a gesture move. Testing the wa- waters a little bit. He didn't want to, I think Francis said he didn't want to go to arbitration with him. Yeah, it was a respect thing because he didn't want to go to arbitration. That's what we're hearing. And that makes sense. You can only respect both sides on that. He's chancing it there. Um, as far as... Uh, you know, I think we had Klingberg as a target for quite a while internally. They were because they had been talking about him for a while. Um, but I think he's another guy gathering massive league interest and he's going to oversign. Um, so, and that's why I think they went to Schultz. Once you got Schultz, that threw that out the window on the Klingberg deal. So you got your, your power play work out of him. You got your power play work out of Bur- uh, Burakovsky. So I, I feel like they're close to being done. I don't know. Maybe if they're going to go, they, they can't afford a big time player. And I did not want them to do any one of those big contracts because, and I don't think that's Ronnie's style to be locked into a, you know, a, a eight, nine, nine and a half million dollar situation for seven, eight, even you know, years, because, you know, a lot of those, especially when you're pushing that age up in the 30, right around 28 to 30, 27 is fine. If you're getting on a second or third contract, you know, like a Burakoski, that's, by the way, that's a pretty good sounding contract when you look at it right now. But if you get into those high dollar longer terms, I have, you know, as much as I love Johnny, I've got his towel. I'm looking at it right here from hockey night. Yeah. Um, and I'm a fan, big time fan. I was a fan when he was a BC. Um, you know, what's going to happen in the last four years of that contract? What's it going to look like? That's all I worry about. And that's, that's the huge risk you take right there. Right. Cause of his age, his size, everything. I'm kind of amazed he's powered through his career to this point without any major nasty situations. Cause he's a dangler, but he's so small, you know, and you just wonder about that. So I'm glad we didn't do, I would do Palat still to this day. Um, but I think you'd have to do some other stuff to make that happen. Well, Palat would be sweet, but yeah, that's that's a little bit of a tall order, probably. 
Anyway, well, we'll see. There's there's a lot more time uh, for for free agency, and certainly even way more time for trades, and a lot more happening. So, uh, it's been a good week in Seattle Krakenland, I'd say, with all the all the draft choices, the camp, free agents we got so far, the positive outlook of the upcoming season. Uh, I'm liking it already. So, good stuff here, fellas. All right. All right. Well. Anyway, we'll wrap things up right now and uh, come back at you guys in a few weeks. Thanks much, as always, to our producer, Jay Middleton, for all his good work. Uh, keep an eye out on us for uh, for our social at. Sorry, let me start that over again, Jay. All right. Thanks much, as always, to our producer, Jay Middleton. Uh, folks, please keep an eye out on us on Facebook. We've got a new Kraken Fancast page. Please like us. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which we are aiming to get more active in the coming season. We're also on Twitter and Instagram. We think Shane Wright's dad's following us. Hey, you know, families of of, uh, of Kraken players, they're, they're following us, folks. So you should, too, if you haven't already. So uh, keep an eye out on that. We'll have more news and lots of stuff to happen there. And uh, hopefully another uh, episode in just a few weeks. Uh, for Jim Cockrell and Nathan Gunderson, I'm Chris Porter. We thank you very much for tuning in. And as always, we say, Go, go Kraken! Kraken.